We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, welcome into the Ravens vault. And I am going old school here for all those that used to follow us. Kadri Ishmael, Super Bowl winner, wide receiver. Man, Q, it has been too long. We used to always do the Sarah and Q Ravens review. Good to be back with you. Welcome into the vault. Thank you for joining me tonight. Well, it is an absolute, absolute pleasure to be in the vault, um, fighting a little something with my voice. I think I overdid it on the Monday Night Football game, all the shows I was doing on uh, the TV side of things, but uh, we're going to make it happen tonight, and uh, good to be back with you. It, feels, it, it, just, it just feels so good. It just feels like we're home again, like we're, we're right back, <laughs> back here. So and those for who are wondering, Bobby uh, Trossett, uh, who is normally with us here is man. He's, he was in Spain. I think he's in Switzerland at this moment. Uh, wow. if you follow him on Instagram. So he, he sent me a video this morning of him up in the, the mountains, up in the Alps or whatever, wherever he was. Mm. And, um, I was a little bit jealous on that one. So, uh, <laughs> but we got Q here and you don't have Ravens football today, but we're bringing it to you. So what we got here today is kind of this bi-week review. Okay. So with Q, we're going to kind of just get a feel for how he feels like the season has been halfway through. If you've got questions here on YouTube, feel free to put them in. I've got questions from the vault email. I've got it from Twitter, all of it. So we're going to try to go through some things here, but Q just to kind of start off Ravens six and three, they're actually um, tied with several other teams in the AFC Titans are six and three. If the playoffs started today, Titans would be the third seed because they own the tiebreaker with, um, the, the best win percentage in the conference. Mm. Jets are six and three. By the way, when Ravens didn't get enough credit for that win with the Jets yeah. sitting at six and three. Bills lost today, six and three. It's the Dolphins who are seven and three, number two seed, then Chiefs number two. How would you kind of maybe even a, in a word or in a phrase, would you kind of define this sort of first half of the season for the Ravens? I think if it was a word, it'd be roller coaster. I think. If it was a phrase, it would be loop-de-loop -loop roller coaster. <laughs> we saw a lot. We saw a team that um, started off hot, started off strong, couldn't finish games, started off uh, games where offensively you saw some really good things, you saw some good things defensively, but, you know, those three losses are a game where 
they easily could have uh, done what they needed to do when it came to finishing off their opponent. But uh, I like where it's at now, trending upward. All right, so so this this we got to take it out of the equation. So this is a harder question. You know, a lot of teams at, at halfway point say who's the MVP. We both know who that is. It's Lamar Jackson. All right, mm. so we'll get to Lamar here a little bit more. So taking Lamar out of the equation, up through um, <laughs> week ten, who would you say is the offensive player of the season so far, and then the defensive player of the season so far? Who? So offensively. Every time he's had an opportunity, blown it out the park, and that's Devin Duvernay. Um, just blown it out the park. Uh, and that's what I said, opportunity, because if you the Giants game, he didn't get much of an opportunity. Um, but when he, you know, whether you say the Jets game, well, you know, that was like, yo, I'm, I'm here, I'm loud, I'm in charge, what's up? Uh, the Miami game, he was like, I'm not flinching. That was a game in which some of my teammates we honored the late Tony Sargusa in the very beginning of the game. And I'm telling you, that was just phenomenal, uh, the performance that he had. Uh, so I just think uh, the way he played was just unbelievable. And then you said defensively? <laughs> I would let have me, said, Let me uh, add one in there. Let me what? add one in there. Let me um, – I thought you might say, say Mark Andrews. Uh, which I think he could be, you know, definitely up there. I would throw kind of a curveball, even though he hasn't played the whole season. I think by the end, if you have to take Lamar's the MVP by the end, it for me, if he continues to be healthy, is Ronnie Stanley. I knew you were going to I knew it. Well, I, yes. <laughs> I knew it. I well, knew we it. Both, we both know that it's like, oh, we'll get into this. The, the success to this offense besides Lamar is the offensive line, right? Yeah. And since Ronnie has been back and really stabilized the offensive line, yep. it hasn't mattered what receivers have left. It doesn't matter what tight end has been hurt. It doesn't matter what running backs have been hurt. As long as Lamar has an offensive line, we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're good. Bottom line. So yep. It, it's hard to give it to him because he didn't play all the games, but that's to me when the offense has been clicking. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I just, because he, he came back a little later. So from a body of work, as you're saying, <clears throat> clearly Ronnie Stanley, um, the things that he did was just so technique sound, but it, 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 it gave, um, it just it just settled the offensive line and gave I think the offense its swagger. And what I mean by that, you know, it, it was okay. We can run to the left side. We can run to the right side. We'll do what we want to do. We'll impose our will upon you. And I think when you had the struggles of the fourth quarter, uh, those disappeared when Ronnie Ronnie Stanley uh, jumped in the game. And I think he's a significant reason why they're at that six and three mark. You're absolutely right, Sarah. All right, so go over to the defense. Who would you say is the defensive player of the season, first half of the season? Man, I mean, we we were we were we were challenging to him. I won't say we were hard on him in an unfair way in his first few years, but those Sour and Q Ravens reviews, we we weren't holding back. So I'm not gonna hold back on this when either flowers are given. And it has to be Patrick Queen. 
Um, Marcus Williams made a strong case. He he hurt himself. Uh, You know, I I would say uh, 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 Houston really, I mean, like that dude, like just as of late, Justin Houston just freaking on a roll. Um, But start to finish, start to finish, six and three, all of them. He's been showing up. And that's Patrick Queen. Dang, that is, he has come a long way. I've definitely felt like he's played better this season. Um, but I'll be honest, I didn't even have him on my mind in terms of like the defensive player of the season. I, I too was toying with, with uh, we got Manuel COD's channel here. He says it's Justin Houston. Uh, I'm with it, but he also didn't play the whole time. So I kind of almost want to give it to Marlon Humphrey. Like he's just been back there, solid doing his thing, all of it. So a lot. Of, what's nice is there's a lot of guys to choose is from. Bar, is, is the bar set too high for Marlon? Meaning, like, I'm looking inquisitive, and, and, like, now I'm going in my Rolodex of plays, and he's had some solid plays. Um, but, you know, he hasn't had those fruit punch type plays where it was just – game changing that's where i think for me i'm like yo you know i just think justin houston has made those game changing plays to be in the conversation but he missed time i think from a patrick queen standpoint from a steadiness plus plus the fact that you know he was out there and just like yo just dominant that that's the only reason why i would i would give him the advantage over uh marlon all right i like it if Marlon would have shut down um, Tyreek Hill and now we're looking at a seventh win as opposed to looking at that L, okay, you got a conversation. All right. All right. All right. I hear you on that one. I hear you on that one. All right. So we talked at top. Ravens are in the thick of the AFC race. If the playoffs started today, I mean, there's plenty of time. They'd be the fourth seed. Q, give me looking forward after this bye week and seeing what we've done. What gives you the most confidence in this Ravens team as they put together what they're hoping will be a nice, deep playoff run? What gives you the most confidence about this team and what gives you the biggest concern? So on my other um, podcast that I do with uh, Kevin Ostriker, he and I were talking about what the Ravens need at the uh, trade deadline. And Sarah, right away, I was like, if you can get a middle linebacker, to kind of hold down, like it's it's a game changer. It's over, and sure enough, here comes EDC with the trade of the year, and he gets Roquan Smith. <laughs> I mean, goodness, like that just that just to me says everything when it comes to you know guys are going to do their job, but then when he comes in and just finishes it off. And if you look at the tape and what he did in that Saints game, I mean, he was just so consistent and just phenomenal with his 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 football intelligence and the way he played. So the concern, uh, if, if I'm nitpicking, it would be Morgan Moses. Um, at times, I think he becomes a little bit of a liability <laughs> we kind of saw it in a weird way where Darnier sacked his own quarterback and caused him to strip 
stripped the ball from him, but then Lamar does what Lamar does and probably made the most awesomest, incomplete pass ever known to man. Lamar doing Lamar things. But, uh, you know, he, he just a little bit, a little bit of concern. I don't know. Um, just, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I think he's 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 good, but come on, bro. You know, where, where this offense can go, we need you to, to be a little bit more consistent. So cute for me on the, um, I agree with you on the confidence. Like, my goodness. I mean, this defense, as long as they don't, you know, sustain any major injuries the rest of the way. I mean, with Roquan there kind of locking things down, PQ playing as well as you were talking about here. You got those corners. Um, yeah, it makes you it makes you feel good. Now, you and I talked a lot last year on our Sarah and Q Ravens reviews about the I mean, the wide receiver position, <laughs> you know, how it's all how the Ravens use it. We we both know you and I are on the same page. This is a defensive-minded team. Mm-hmm. with a run-centric offense mm-hmm. that in the past offense is tight end-centric. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I had a, if I looked at this roster and there was a concern, and that's understanding that I know how this offense is built and I know how this team is built, I would be lying if I said once the Ravens make the playoffs, and I do think they'll make the playoffs, I was watching Josh Allen today against <sighs> the Minnesota Vikings. I was I watching... I was watching how quickly they can move up and down the field. I was watching Justin Jefferson with an insane catch, okay? Might be one of the best I've ever seen, certainly in the conversation. Are you concerned? Because to me, I know this offense can I, – I feel like if, if the Ravens played their A game with this offense in the playoffs and defense, if they play their A game, I believe this style can win the Super Bowl. What I'm concerned with is say like they have a C plus B minus first half. Then am I concerned about not having more weapons in the passing attack? I, if I'd be lying, if I didn't say I was a little bit nervous with that, how do you feel about that? So one of the things you are feeling nervous about and concerned about in today's game, you saw the big play happen on the outside throwing lane, and it was a contested situation where the dominant receiver came up with the play. And so when it comes to, you know, this offense, um, again, this offense is more, you know, inside the numbers dominant offense. And I think the progression of likely is critical. I think the fact that uh, you have an injury to Mark Andrews that now is going to rapidly speed up uh, his growing process, um, I think that plays a huge part. I think still needs – it seems like, you know, Josh Oliver still needs to get some chemistry um, something, something's there where Lamar is just like, you know, I'm, I'm giving it to you, but you know, it's not quite the same. Um, but I honestly hear what you're saying. If I get those things taken away from me, who on the outside 
and I go back to um, really what amounted to uh, Devin Duvernay when he was matched up man to man. I think it was against. I'm pretty sure it was the Bengals, and he just released off the line. Look at me, I'm doing a release. He's doing a release off the line of scrimmage. I get it in autopilot, and then he's run down the field. He separates from the guy. Lamar throws it to him, and it was a huge completion. Um, I think he's capable of doing that on a regular if you give him the chance. I think the offense, though, inside the number dominant is just what it is. I think conceptually, you know, uh, D-Rob as well as <clears throat> Devin DuVernay are more than capable. All right, so um, you mentioned Roquan as one of the things that brought you confidence. Um, I wanted to play um, this quick clip from your former teammate, Ray Lewis, obviously a middle linebacker. So we'll hear what he has to say. He watched Roquan's first game, had a reaction, and then I got a question for you at, at the back of it. So let's listen to Ray on Roquan. It's the first person you notice immediately. Roquan Smith. It's like a pretty good trade. I'm telling you, when I tell you the dominance, I never thought that they would go into New Orleans and dominate the way they did. But you're talking about fast, physical, and everybody flying to the football. That team, that team, that team can be scary coming down the line. If that defense puts comes together right now, um, it should be a exciting time in Baltimore in playoffs. So it's funny because you you bring up what you're confident in. Roquan in there in the defense. So let me ask you this. The Ravens defense got off to a rocky start, a very rocky start. Now that they have Roquan in, other people are there. Do you feel like the Ravens defense could end as a top five defense? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no question in my mind. You you get Marcus Williams back at some point in time. Uh, the safeties are playing well anyway. I mean, Kyle Hamilton – you know, he's progressed a lot. Uh, you just look at, you know, Calais Campbell. I think, you know, Travis Jones is, is still growing and, and learning. Um, you know, I can't say enough about Justin Houston. Uh, you you look at the way um, Adafi Owe has been playing. It's like, God, oh, he's so close every single time. Come on. Give the man a chance to get his stats. But his play is certainly there. And so all those things, you know, and then you talk about, you know, Tyus Bowser, who really got homeboy was like, yeah, I'm ready to come back. And not only am I ready to come back, I'm showing y'all I'm back. He had a strong performance. Um, you know, you're going to get David Ajabo. Ajabo, you know, it's interesting with the Achilles and I personal experience with it. And then from, you know, doing all the uh, sports performance training that I do, once you feel good about it and if you can avoid that 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 arch collapsing, man, you, you just you you're just gonna play with reckless abandon. And he's gonna have he's gonna have that rookie fresh legs. Everybody else is gonna be like, Oh, the season's long. He's like, What season? This is this is like, you know, I'm feeling like preseason. Come on. So uh, you know, all hands on deck is the bottom line. I agree with Ray. Roquan, he's a difference maker. I mean, heck, even, you know, John Harbaugh, John, John compliments guys. But then, you know, when it comes to like, if somebody really, really, really did something, you know, he gets that smile when that, when the question is asked in his press conferences, 
And he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great players make other players around them better. <laughs> so he knows. And I think that's what makes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Makes it so special. I mean, I cannot imagine this this pass rush outside linebacker rotation. Mm. I think that's partly why Houston is playing out of his mind, you know, coming back from that injury and he's not playing, you know, a thousand snaps a game. And he's like, oh, okay, I can come in. And then once you add Ojabo to that and Bowser was back and you just bring him in to pin his ears back, yeah, these, these guys are going to eat. Okay, so this brings us to probably the most asked question I've had. I've gotten this question from the vault email. I've gotten it from Twitter, but I'll put up Ben here. It, it's not just, it's, it's our, I guess the basic question is, will the Ravens pay Roquan? Now, obviously on top of that, you've got that with, there's Lamar out there and then Patrick Queens rookie deal is coming up. So before you answer, Roquan was on ESPN. Um, I believe it was Thursday or Friday. On the uh, with Max Kellerman and some of the other guys, and they asked him about getting a deal done. So let's hear what Roquan has to say, and then we'll get our thoughts on that. Be for the Baltimore Ravens to handle star player on defense and star quarterback when their <laughs> deals are coming up to be done. Oh man, uh, I'm sure a lot of people uh, want to know that, but I'm thinking, uh, you know, I got a great deal of uh, confidence in. Um, Jim and uh, knowing that he'll uh, get things to work out. So I'm just more so like focused on uh, learning this playbook right now for these first couple of weeks and, uh, you know, gelling with the guys. And then when I, when our time comes, I'm excited to uh, just be able to have a chance to uh, sign back. That'll be, that'll be amazing for me. And I'm sure Lamar can say the same. But All right. So. He seems to be com- well. He seems to be having more confidence in Eric DaCosta than probably what he just went through in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think I get the feeling he wants to be back. I think that Q, he's like, whoa, check this culture out in three days versus 
when I was just at with the Bears, and I don't know the Bears, so I don't know what their culture is. What I do know is people like you who have been around and other players who have been around rave about this culture. So I guess here's the question, though, getting back to what Ben is asking here. Will the Ravens sign Roquan? And if they do, what does that mean for Lamar and what does that mean for PQ? Well, I think for uh, if they do, in fact, get a chance to sign um, Roquan, I think it really is a good thing for PQ. I think part of, you know, he doesn't have as much leverage, if you will, um, that, that you know, Roquan is going to govern. Um, obviously, it, since he has an agent, um, they're going to, you know, go to his agent and, you know, air his dirty laundry and, and talk about the negatives and kind of say, hey, listen, this is a part of the price pro- process. Here is the the price that we're willing to pay him. So he'll be a little bit less and that's okay. Um, I think, you know, a deal can be done is the point I'm making. And then, you know, just the elephant in the room is always going to be, you know, what you will see with um, Lamar. And, and if, you know, you talking guaranteed money, I'm sure Lamar is going to be listening. If you ain't talking guaranteed money, I'm sure Lamar is going to be like, well, we're going to roll the dice. And so that's as simple as that. And I even like how Ed Reed was saying, look, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. It's not about, um, you know, oh, they're going to take care of me because he has personal, here's the greatest safety of all time. And, you know, even he felt the wrath of the business side of things. So, um, Lot, lots of football left to be played and contract talk, I'm sure, will be when the time comes. Yeah, we got we got some time there. I've just always I've said this uh, here on the vault before. I feel like Lamar is literally separate from everything else. I don't think Roquan affects Lamar. Lamar mm. is Lamar. He's easily MVP. What affects him is what you just said. It's guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So. It's all about does Steve Bashotti want to set that standard and go down that road, or is he going to try to hold strong and say, you know, Deshaun Watson was an aberration, or is mm-hmm. he going to give in depending on you know what what he sees this year and how he feels and all that? But I don't see if the Ravens signed Roquan, that wouldn't if and didn't sign Lamar, it wouldn't be because they chose Roquan over Lamar. Like it's it's about the guaranteed money. So. Um, all right, so Q, when we 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 are doing the Ravens or the Sarah and Q uh, Ravens review together, mm-hmm. that was the time I think Kurt Warner had put out some words yeah. for for Giro. Uh, Steve <laughs> Smith had put out some words for Giro, which, by the way, Steve Smith backed up off of them earlier this year when he was talking to Shannon Sharp on on his yeah. podcast. Yeah. He goes, "I used to think it was was." Um, you know, Giro, that was the problem. And so he backed up off of that. So for once, I wanted to do this with you. We had a former player, all of famer, <laughs> nice words to, to, to Giro. So I'm just going to play this real quick, just so that I can get your thoughts so we can actually do something, something positive because the offense, he has been digging into his vault, right? I feel like mm-hmm. we've inspired him with this show. He's finally been digging in. This yeah. Year, so, Let's get this is Peyton Manning talking about G Row during that Monday night game versus the Saints. Kind of looks like play action. It ends up just being a running play. They do a good job pulling tight ends, pulling guards. This guy's one of the top coordinators out there. 
Really good guy. Did, did, did he just cue? Did he just say what I think he said? <laughs> one of the top coordinators. Now, listen, you and I have been Giro defenders. Would you go that far and say he's one of the best coordinators in the league? So I think, first of all, you know, you say my teammate in Ray, well, my teammate in Peyton as well. Um, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Peyton was the ultimate quarterback. Someone on Twitter once asked, you know, who was your favorite quarterback or your best quarterback to play with? Was it Warren Moon? And then another guy was like, nah, he had Peyton. And I said, you know, Warren threw the best ball ever. Always a tight spiral. Always, you know, in a good, strong, easy catch radius. Always. Peyton was the best quarterback to put you in the right situation. Um, Peyton had the autonomy to do what he wanted to do, and he had the brilliance to to know when to do it. And so, you know, when he talks about G. Rowe and, and the way he pulls guards and the way he pulls tackles and the, he'll pull a guard and a tackle and block everybody down and, and, and send the tight end the opposite direction. And, you know, there are plays within the running play. And it just infuriates some people because they want to see this be a wide open passing attack and, and this simply not it. And we've been defending that for forever. Um, but, you know, I think when Peyton lends validity to it and saying, wow, this guy has is on to something in my mind, it's like, yep, Peyton sees it. You're confusing the defense. You're causing the defense to pause. And again, as you rightly pointed out, the Ronnie Stanley factor, man, when you have an offense, that 2019 season, mother of Pearl, if we would have had Orlando Brown Jr. over on that one side, right, and kept Ronnie on the left, like, I mean, they were just just bulldozing through guys, and, and it just was so evident. Again, when you look at this offense, and that offensive line and, and Tyler Linderbaum, oh, my goodness, rookie of the year, what's up? The way in which they are doing what they're doing, it sets the tone for a guy like Greg Roman to do what he does and make it harder on a defense by the complexities of the running attack, which people just don't want to hear. I love it. You always you always shoot it straight. And I love that it comes from a wide receiver. That's that's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part about it. And I'm glad it only took, you know, 27, 28 minutes, but we finally got the first mother of Pearl. So <laughs> we we got that in. Let's stick with the offense cue. I got a lot of questions um on on the topic of, of Lamar Jackson, right? So um I'll ask two questions. Um, we'll start this. This is an email from Matthew, uh, Espinoza. He kind of wants to know where we feel like Lamar is going to end up stat wise by the end of the year. So Lamar sits at 1,768 passing yards, 16 TDs, 635 rushing. Um, I guess here's my question. Do you feel like Lamar can end both as a top 10 rusher and top 10 passer by the end of the year? I I'll think tell you now, he's, he's number eight rusher now, 18 passer. Okay, so the rusher is going to, I think, still be up there. Um, the top 10 passer possibility only because this the upcoming schedule is going to, you know, put you in a position where it's, it's going to present itself. 
Um, you know, you, you're, you're going to go up against teams that the reason why they're bad football teams is because they make mistakes at the wrong time and you can capitalize off of it. And I think if, you know, Lamar and company can capitalize off of it, you know, you do away or you, you complete, um, if you complete, uh, um, the Marcus, thank you. The Marcus Robinson, those two plays, and if 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 Isaiah can snatch the ball out of the air on that corner route, you know it's it's a different game. It's a whole different ball game for Lamar statistically. Um, now you're talking 300 yards passing, the whole nine yards. So you can also hear the determination in his voice to be like, "Yeah, we got to keep cleaning. We got to we got to clean that up." We got to get better. You know, you know, my guys, my guys, we got to keep. So he, he knows, and he has that, that, you know, that, that, that the competitive sense of excellence that makes him Lamar. And I think that's something where, yeah, he could, I could easily see him being in that top 10 from a passing aspect. Nice. Nice. I definitely thought he would from a, from a rushing, rushing aspect. Cause it kind of goes along West Teasley email. He says, is it just me? Or do we always seem to have our best drives when Lamar has a few runs? I think those drives are like the jump starting drives. Yeah, for sure. I, for, I for sure think that like when, when Lamar starts to make magic happen to kind of break open the offense that helps. But I, I know that they, you know, prefer not to do it, but it's like when things are going bad, that's what G Row goes to. Let's get Lamar <laughs> opening things up for us. QB power. Right. <laughs> yes. And and he reads it so well. Yes. He reads it so yes. well. It's so rare for you to be like, oh, he did the wrong one on that one. Like he, mm -hmm. he gets it so well. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. Tell me this. This will give you give us an idea of how you feel like this season's gonna end rather than just have you give us a prediction. By the time week 18 comes around, true or false, the Ravens will need to beat the Bengals in order to win the division. <clears throat> no, I mean, glass half full is both teams <clears throat> have taken care of business against Pittsburgh. Both teams have taken care of business against Cleveland. Whew. So... Yeah. That is where I would say, yeah, we'll come down to it. Um, but I, I think it's more of the pressure is going to be on Cincinnati than it is going to be on Baltimore um, just because of the scheduling. I mean, people are like, oh, they schedule so easy. I'm like, Shh, quiet. Do you know December 11th we got the Steelers? You can't just be like, oh, the season's over with. Man, the Steelers, I'm telling you, those two – uh, the Ravens, Sarah, Sarah and Q Ravens review. Literally, there were some tough moments after a many a Steeler game, and there were some some cool moments too. Don't get me wrong, but that game it it takes on a life of its own. So I don't want to be like, oh, we just got Jacksonville. It's <laughs> it's an easy win. We, we're gonna we're gonna who cares about Deshaun Watson? We're gonna beat Cleveland. Yeah, okay. We got division opponents that know us. We know them. They play really uh, well against this offense, this defense. It gives us fits. Don't take it for granted. So ultimately, yeah, it can come down to Cincinnati, but I think it's more the pressure on Cincinnati. Q, a couple more offensive questions here that I think you'd be much better at answering than me with X's and O's. Okay, so 
Douglas Miller emailed and asked, you know, with last week's result with for Roman. So last week we saw without Bateman and without um, Mark Andrews, Lamar hit 10 different targets. So Douglas wants to know, is that like a key for Roman? I don't know if I'd go this far. He's saying to remove Mark Andrews first right. from the first option on every passing play <laughs> and open up yeah. others. I don't know that I'm purposely like taking Mark out, but to his point, Mm-hmm. Was there something about Mark not being there that made Lamar look at others? And what can Lamar and Greg Rome, Greg Roman learn from that? So I, I don't think it's about them learning from it. I think it's about the subconscious mind saying, okay, you, you, you showed up. Okay. You showed up. Huh? Okay. okay. You know what? In clutch moments, I needed to make a play and, you know, Prochet made plays um, in clutch moments. You know, Isaiah, you made plays in clutch moments. Do you do what you do? So it's that feeling. It's, you know, uh, D Rob, listen, bro. I know you, you ran a great route. I know what you can do. I know I can get that to you. Um, we're going to work on it. So I think it takes pressure off of Lamar to feel like he has to go to Mark. Now, the calling of the plays, again, I think is critically important that, you know, D-Rob continually gets into the rotation in the whole nine yards. But when he's on uh, Mark Andrews' side or whomever is on Mark Andrews' side, I'm hoping they run some concept routes rather than Mark Andrews on option routes. The Mark Andrews on option routes, I think that tends to – have Lamar get, you know, the tunnel vision because he's like, all right, you know, we one-on-one and I can see you and I can get it to you. He makes the plays. I mean, that's why he's all pro. Don't get me wrong. But again, we're talking about, yeah, that, that ability to spread it out. Travis Kelsey uh, is to Patrick Mahomes as Mark Andrews is to Lamar. He does a ton of option routes, but they, they pick and choose their spots when they do it. And then they get it out to all the other guys. So there's there's that feeling in my mind of there's room to eat um, at the mm-hmm. table now. And Mark Andrews doesn't have to be greedy and take it all. Right. Okay. So following up on that, Charlie Kolar, we know, uh, is activated off of IR. Um, I would imagine that when he's, act, you know, game day activated, uh, I'm assuming Nick Boyle will be deactivated. I mean, that's what I would think. What can, with all these tight ends and assuming Mark, Mark Andrews is healthy, which John Harbaugh said he would be after the bye. What is Charlie Kolar's role? What can, what, what, what do you do with him? Boy, you, you know, you don't really know um, to, to be truthful about it. You know, I mean, you do know what, um, Isaiah did in, in the preseason. You didn't even have a preseason for, you know, Charlie, Charlie was out. And so what are you, you know, what are you thinking? You know, your team is rolling. Um, apparently, you know, John is, is liking what he's seeing as far as his ability to catch and as far as his ability to, you know, move. So that those are all positive signs. Um, this is the fun part of Greg Roman's job where, shoot, I got to figure out a way to get Charlie in the game. Uh, <laughs> why give him a, easy play or, you know, am I now of a sudden it's, it's the second quarter and we are going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers 
Uh, do I put him in a the game there? Do I give him a little, you know, is he, is he going to be the third option? And now Lamar is like, you know, looking all the time. Here, take it. Oh, look what you did. Okay. You put yourself up on film. Huh. So all those things. Or you also recognize that he's similar, similar to Mark Andrews. And from an injury standpoint, does it give Mark a chance to kind of not have to be back and have right. to be Superman? Can he, can he kind of like, you know, get on a, a small level of a pitch count, if you will? Yeah. I've got lots of questions on injury return, so I'll just address these really quick from <laughs> at, at K-R-A-O on, on Twitter, Rafiki Tucker. They want to know David Ajabo, J.K., Marcus Williams. So uh, David Ajabo, I do expect him to play against Carolina. That's basically what Harbaugh said. Mm-hmm. Um, he said J.K. last week, he said it'll be a couple weeks, so I don't think J.K. will be back right after the bye, but not, you know, a couple weeks after Marcus Williams, Harbaugh said sometime in December. Um, so that's those. I cannot believe how many questions I have gotten on Andy Isabella. What other team other than the Ravens are they so interested in the wide receiver position? Andy Isabella got caught, cut Ravens sign him. He's on the practice squad. People want to know what's up with that. Carl Bauer is one of them who emailed me. I think this is just one that people might be overthinking a little bit. This is, I know he was a former, I can't remember first or second rounder or whatever, but I'm not reading too much into this one. It's just the Ravens are not a wide receiver, heavy offense. (laughs) And this is a practice squad wide receiver. Yes. They picked up Deshaun Jackson after they signed him. I think that might tell you that maybe he's not looking that, I mean, not looking bad, but not better than what they, they're seeing, especially over having four tight ends and more running backs and all that. So I don't know if you have any other information to add on that there, Q. I mean, you know, I, I'm like looking down like, Andy Isabel, oh, right, the fourth-year yeah. receiver from Massachusetts. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it to me, you know, he he – I don't know if I'm saying it, but I'm going to say it. He's a He's a jag. Just another guy, you know, um, when you look at what Deshaun Jackson brought to the table, I mean, he was running, he was running well and he ran some really good clean routes. You know, I just think that, you know, uh, Deshaun Jackson is a guy where I think for the bigger picture of it all, uh, this bye week came in a good time. I think he's going to far and away be more effective than, Andy Isabella. <laughs> yeah. Well, what actually give me go a little bit deeper into that. What do you expect from Deshaun Jackson? We know that Bateman's out uh, for the rest of the season. What are some realistic, you know, milestones or what can he bring to the offense? What are some realistic things fans can have, assuming he can keep that hamstring warmed up, rev up yeah. that engine, don't let it cool down? Right. What can we right. expect from Deshaun Jackson? And, and that's exactly right. I mean, you got to make sure without question that guys are feeling good and they're ready to go. Um, and Deshaun is one of those guys. I think um, ultimately it could be uh, a four to six play type of game uh, for Deshaun. You know, obviously he has that big play capability. Give me, you know, two, four, 
what, two, four, six, eight plays a game um, to a quarter, you know, like, man, that's, that's all I need. Like, get in there. All right. You know, Hey, Deshaun's in here, but we're going to have a good route combination where, you know, we could take a top off the of defense or, Hey, you know, this is a run heavy set and it's third and three. Um, we know we're going to go for it on fourth down. So if y'all come up in the box, that safety in the box, all right, Lamar, now you go ahead and do what you do as far as making the read and like, yeah, stepping back and slinging it down the field. Um, Give me two plays a quarter, and I'll be a happy man with uh, Deshaun Jackson. All right, Q, we're going to end with these last two questions. We're about 40 minutes in. Don't want to take up too much more of your your Sunday night where we don't have Ravens football. I know we're all trying to enjoy it. Two more questions, but I thought this one would be good. Um, this one also comes from Twitter from Michael Benson. You're a guy that's been around, so you you know and you know the Ravens. What's the Ravens' secret for seamlessly adding high-level free agents and keeping team chemistry, bringing in like these these big names like a Marcus Peters or a Roquan Smith or, uh, you know, so many different names. So what's their secret of bringing in these big names but keeping team chemistry? Huh, I think part of it is the Raven way of doing things. Uh, once a Raven, always a Raven. Mantra, play like a Raven. Mantra, those things mean that, you know, John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta got to be on the same page. If they're on the same page, then that means the people underneath them are going to be on the same page. Who's under the same page? The scouts. The scouts are, you know, they they pay their scouts well. Um, they pay their scouts to – they're not hiring a service. Um, so now their their scout is actually going up and down the, the East Coast. And Andy Isabella, now he's – you know, they're looking at him thoroughly. And they're like, okay – he kind of fits. Oh, Deshaun Jackson. Now, obviously, you know, he has a 15 year history, but, you know, again, you know, you're doing your due diligence is the bottom line. Now, when you're on the team, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I thought was Jimmy Smith and his retirement speech, how he was just, you know, talk about flowers. Oh my gosh. I was like I getting know. goosebumps uh, when he talked about how John Harbaugh helped him. Mm. <laughs> That's culture. That is, yeah. and he talked about how John changed over the years, where John was when he first came in to where John is now, and 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 it's hard to break habit. And this is a guy who's in coaching. It's hard to break habits of coaching, and you do by the way in which you uh, you slightly alter the way you address and talk to a guy and and present yourself to a player. Nowadays, you know, that connectivity, um, it, it, it's, it's what makes it team chemistry. Um, it, it's what makes people on the outside, you know, question or wonder, how come Marcus Peters, blah, 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 blah. Yet at the same time, you know, John Harbaugh is like, yeah, I got him. And so then the next time when he blows up, he's like, he looks over there and he looks at him and he doesn't shoot him an evil look. But but then all of a sudden, Marcus Peters like, I got you. And then that's it. Why? Yeah. Because there's a mutual respect there. And that's what coaching is all about. And like John just, I don't know. And I, I'm, I, I applaud him and I admire the way he 
can be so malleable with the different personalities year in and year out. 100%, 100%. All right. I saved what I think is the best for last. Okay. So have you, I don't know if you saw the Brandon, the Brandon Marshall uh, quote when he was on, um, Ah, oh, forgetting it, but it's he's with, with on a panel with Ray Lewis. So I'm gonna play oh, inside the NFL. Inside the NFL, there we go. So I'm gonna play what he said <laughs> last week, and there's kind of he actually had a few predictions. So let's react to that coming off of this. Here we go. Wow, they're gonna wow. start playing their best. Bo- it's not even close. Oh, I heard you. Yeah. Let me rewind now. The Hold Baltimore on. Ravens is the best team in the league, and it's not even close. Wow. They're going to wow. start playing their best. Bo- it's not even close. I heard not you. Close. Okay. <laughs> They're going to start paying, We're playing their best ball <laughs> when the league really starts, and that's when. After Thanksgiving. They're getting better. They're going to get healthier. Yeah. Lamar Jackson looks good. Oh, cream season. He's angry. He needs to be paid. He needs to be fed. I just want to let everybody know that the Baltimore Ravens, this may be the year they win the Super Bowl. This may be the best Baltimore Ravens team we've ever seen. Mm. Mm. All right. Q, mm. first, first, let me ask you this. When he said this might be the best Ravens team we've ever seen, did you have a reaction similar to this? <laughs> <laughs> Ray Lewis looking at him with that face, like that stare, like like even when I watched it, I was like, did he really just say with Ray Lewis, Hall of Fame linebacker, two Super Bowl winner, and you were on that first Super Bowl, did he really say with Ray Lewis sitting right there that this team is the best it's ever had? So being on that 2000 team, covering the 2012, what do you think? Do you think that this Ravens team could be better than those two? Let me say it to you this way. So Super Bowl-wise for both teams, I think they had – or, well, I say they like I'm, I'm, I wasn't a, a part of it. The ride that we went on um, from a player perspective – we just kept winning, and it just so happens that we have the all-time greatest defense ever. The ride that I was able to go on in 12 was a bumpy ending of the postseason and then mm. – or I'm sorry, regular season, mm-hmm. but a hell of a postseason. Right. And so Brandon Marshall right now can't really say that because – There was the uh, Steve McNair year where they had a dominant year. There was the, um, I think, Joe Flacco and company the year before they went to the Super Bowl and and lost to New England. And and Ray uh, was talking about, you know, after the Lee Evans and Billy Cundiff thingamajigger, um, (laughs) he he, uh, motivated the team. It's like, yo, we're going to be back. Um, then there is the elephant in the room, 2019 team, uh, arguably the greatest regular season, uh, Ravens team, regular season Ravens team. I'll put them up against the Steve McNair, uh, 13 to three team. Um, I mean that 2019 team. Oh my God. Oh, it still kills me to this day. I mean, I know I love me some Jonathan Ogden. Don't get me wrong. But this offensive line and 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 you know they were just so wrecking so fools. Good. And Jamal is my dude, but 
This team was wrecking fools. So, no, I don't think this is the greatest team. This team is learning how to play four quarters and finishing off teams, whereas those teams that I mentioned, man, they just had a they had a style and a flair for the dramatic and the dynamic, and it had happened. And so the 2019 team gets my nod. All right, so then his second his second part, which is really the part that really matters for this year, he said they might the Ravens might be the best team in the league. Now listen, listen, you're going to have an upper echelon, especially you know you look at the AFC. The Ravens are right there mm-hmm. with all of them. So so what are your thoughts? He says this might be the year that they win the Super Bowl. How confident do you feel in that? So the health will always be front and center. Um, I think they absolutely can. Um, it's the way in which uh, they, they, they vibe. Um, you, just, you just see the Roquan Smith effect. Um, when I say it's the way in which they vibe, you know, they, they know now like, Oh buddy, this is different. So give Marcus Williams back. I mean, homeboy was making those dynamic like interceptions. Like it was just like, man, this was, it was so funny. Cause every time I'm like, okay. Like the one interception against, uh, Joe Flacco, I was like, bro, the receiver fell down. Now you caught it. It was amazing, but he made it see like, you know, his study, like I just knew yeah. like, he, he ran an end cut, he fell and you were right there. So some of the other ones, phenomenal. Don't get it twisted. I ain't hating. So anybody out there who's saying it, they don't know what they're talking about. Listen, <laughs> but at the same time, get him back. My God, like Kyle Hamilton is only getting better. Like that to me, oh, yes, he's just rising and rising. I think um, the two dudes on the outside, they're funny. So when I say they're funny, you know, Marcus Peters and and Marlon, I think they get bored sometimes and it gets them in trouble. I think they really do. I think they're like, man, we're just so good at what we do. Give us a challenge already. So I think they just, they just kind of like, yeah. You know, so I, I think as long as, they don't get bored. I think uh, this defense, like, and Calais and them, Calais is like, yo, let, let's let's be real here. I'm trying oh, to win. You know, season. he's hungry, 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 hungry. So both him, Justin Houston, both of those guys are hungry. But you got enough of the young guys to like listen in and be like, oh, this is what we need to do. Oh, this is how we got to feel. This is why we got to practice what we got practice. Oh, this is the sense of urgency that we got to have. You know. I love it, and and I'm glad this ain't the Arizona Cardinals where you got a guy having to, you know, give the the speech of his life after a game because they just keep on losing. No, this team right here, they like yo, we we about we about that life, and that life is all about winning and preparing ourselves to win. Man, Q, I've been saying it. You know, I feel like Eric DaCosta put together a championship caliber roster, mm. and like you said, two things are going to determine whether they actually win a championship because are they capable obviously obviously two things like you said one is health and the second is and we have yet to see this since it's in the lamar jackson era 
I want to see them play their A game in the playoffs. Mm. I get asked all the time, can this system do it? Can this system do it? Or do, or, do, or the Ravens need to stop zagging and zigging and blah, 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 doing the opposite of the NFL. Do I think the system can do it? Yeah. But just like any other system, you have to play your best in the playoffs. You mentioned the 2019 game team. That 2019 team played the best in the regular season. Mm and played their worst in in the postseason. So I, I just need them to do that. Bring the offensive line. Lamar, play your best. Defense, play your best. Yes, I think the system can work, but you have to play your A game because every other team that has a very, you know, wide receiver-centric offense, mm -hmm. they have to bring their A games too. They have to. So you bring yours. And then I think it could be championship caliber, but I tell you what, it just feels like it's getting their cue. Feels like they're building up healthy. It's instead of, you know, guys going down, guys are coming back, you know? So it's all there. It's all there. It's, it's just, all there. You catch, and, you got, it's and, like all those other years, you got to catch lightning in the bottle. Cause there's, it's all there for a few other teams too. And there's two other guys that we didn't mention. I know one of uh, the our listeners, he was uh, writing in, you got Jordan Stout. And you got the GOAT and Justin oh. Tucker. Playoff time is about field position. You get good field position, phew, let that let that defense get out there on the field after you know having a punt down to inside the 10. Let go. it be one of those scenarios where you got to go ahead and kick a 56-yarder in January. In January, you got this swirling wind, and all of a sudden it's like, I got this, no problem, let's go. What's up? What's up? Q, it has been a pleasure, man. I'm just so glad we were able to catch up again. I want to do it more often for sure. I appreciate everybody, everybody that's been streaming with us here live, bringing in comments, questions, all of it. We appreciate all of you. Q, we will do this again. You got to come visit the vault again. Uh, great bye week. Uh, look back, hopefully at the end of the season, everything we've been talking about, those A games in the playoffs, it all comes true. So, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, come back. You know, we're here daily for the Ravens vault. Bobby will be back. I don't know when. Someday. Someday. I think before the next game. So uh, until then, enjoy Switzerland, Bobby. Enjoy it. And everybody else, have yourself a good night. Thank you, Q. Thank you.